On and off the field, women in sports are inspiring and motivating others to be the best versions of themselves, rewriting the rules and changing the game. This is the On Her Turf podcast, hosted by Katherine Tappen. Welcome to the On Her Turf podcast. I'm Katherine Tappen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we are chatting with Kim Pagula. Kim and her husband Terry own the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. Kim also holds the titles of President and CEO of Pagula Sports and Entertainment, and she is the first woman to serve as president of both an NFL and an NHL team. Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's great to have you on today. Well, thank you for having me. When you sum up all those titles, Kim, to me, you may be just the most powerful woman in all of sports. Have you ever perceived yourself as such? Uh, no, and I, you know what, if there was like a prize for, you know, accumulating titles, um, <laughs> I would, you know, I would try to go for it. But, um, but you know, certainly that was not the intent of going in. And this is, you know, sometimes people think of me as this happening overnight, but this has been um, a lot of years in the work. And um, and to think of the things that I do now and the, and the way my life has changed um, is just incredible sometimes when I think about it. Well, that's that's just it. I mean, your story is absolutely remarkable. Let me give a little bit of background here. But your rise to success, it has been frequently written about born to South Korean parents who abandoned you as a toddler on a Korean street. And then at the age of five, you were adopted by a Canadian family that moved eventually to New York State, where you ultimately grew up. Just tell me about your early childhood memories and how the family and your parents who adopted you really influenced your life. Oh, well, you know, there ha- there's just not um, anything else or anyone else that would have influenced my life more than my adoptive parents, um, Ralph and Marilyn Kerr. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't remember my journey, although they have told me stories of coming from South Korea uh, to JFK on uh, New Year's Eve uh, back um, back in um can't remember many years ago. Can't remember that far now. Uh, and you know, I had such you know they were so influential in my life. Um, for them, they had two boys and that uh, they had of their own, and it was just they just said they felt in their heart that they just wanted to adopt um, a girl and not just didn't care where they came where it came from. Um, and for them to just reach out and do that and and in essence, change my life forever. Um, it was just it's just an amazing story, and it tells the kind of people that they, they really are. And it was so much fun because, you know, as so especially with hockey, like they're Canadians, and with Buffalo and Rochester being kind of so close to uh, the Canadian border, I had such great Canadian memories, hockey memories growing up. Uh, both my parents um, were born in Canada, but they had moved to the States in uh, Rochester, New York, uh, when they adopted me. But I had a lot of parents, grandparents, uh, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins in Canada. And of course, you know, hockey was um, a sport that both my parents were always uh, had an interest in. So they had taken me to a lot of, um, back then it was Rochester Americans games. I haven't gone to a lot of Buffalo games when I was growing up. I went to a lot of Rochester American games. Um, And so it was just a fun um, just loving family that I grew up and was so blessed uh, to have made my way back to this area and hopefully give back um, both to my parents as well as, as to the community that raised me. 
Well, it's so interesting. And by the way, interesting nugget here, but my very first American Hockey League game was a Rochester Amherst game when I was in college, Kim. <laughs> uh, and it's some oh, of the wow. greatest okay. memories I have. Great. I know it's it's uh, my, my boyfriend at the time in college was from Rochester, and that was where we went uh, over the Christmas break. And um, one of the first actually hockey games I even went to. Many people, I think, think I probably grew up watching hockey. But um, so anyway, interesting there that you, you know, you spent your time as well there. And so much of your backstory really is, uh, as you mentioned, from your early years, your parents had to describe to you how you got to the United States and what those first few years were like for you in South Korea. But did does knowing that backstory give you added drive in your life now? Well, you know, for sure, because, you know, you, you never know where you end up being. And, and I will say that I had a blessed childhood and uh, a blessed life and, and certainly... Uh, nothing to complain about, but you just never know where, you know, where life turns you. And, and I would thought that, you know, that that moment being adopted in a, from a foreign country and being abandoned, that that would be, you know, the, the defining moment in my life. And it certainly is one of them. But then getting into sports ownership, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought that um, several years ago. And just, you know, kind of knowing that, you know, if you can handle, you know, how I came here to the U.S., you know, you can kind of handle anything, and and the the growth that um, and the family values and all those things that that my parents have instilled in me has really helped me to kind of with the challenges of sports, as you know, Catherine. It's it's such a fast fast moving but exciting, um, a lot of stress um, industry sports is overall, and so I like to think that you know how my parents raised me and the things that I've been able to do throughout my life have all been building blocks to, to lead me to this point in my life. Like I said, with too many titles that I, I really don't need. <laughs> well, let's go back to how you got to this point in life and you talk about sports ownership. Correct me here if I'm wrong, but you're a waitress, correct, at a restaurant. You end up meeting your husband, Terry, at the time. Take me through the story and how you ended up where you are now and how you guys created this incredible uh, franchise of the Pagula Sports and Entertainment business. Oh my gosh, you, you did do your homework. I don't think that <laughs> anyone has noticed that I was ever a waitress. Um, so, um, but yes, no, that that is correct. You know, Terry and I met. We had just, we actually just May celebrated our 25th um, year anniversary. So, oh, congratulations! Like so long ago, <laughs> yes, and it's gone by so fast. But, um, but we met, and you know, Terry is very much. You know, we talk about um, other influential people in my life, and I will say that my husband it really has because. Um, even for the 25-plus years we've been together, he has never once ever doubted that I could handle whatever got thrown our way. And um, sometimes, you know, when I didn't think I could handle things, um, he always, did, he, you know, he always threw it at me and just figured, you know what, she'll either learn, sink or swim, whatever. And I give him a lot of credit, and we've always been great partners. I've always worked with him and his company. Um, and then as well as, you know, obviously in the family part growing up. And so when we decided to, you know, buy the hockey team first, um, it was just a great opportunity. He had sold off his business and we had kind of taken, you know, a year off uh, per se of just the day-to-day business that he had before. And honestly, he just wanted to do something else with his life. And, and we have a a saying that he says is his second half, and we actually had a company that we called Second Half LLC, 
when we purchase the Sabres because really it's like, okay, what are you going to do with the second half of your life? And sports ownership wasn't about owning a sports team. It's really about, you know, him as a love, um, as, just as a love of hockey to begin with. And then just the importance of sports in our, just in our world, you know, in our country and what it has meant to us. And so that's really just kind of the driving force of, of why we wanted to get into first hockey. That was just what was available to us first. But, um, but, in, and then like, like that, you know, I was happy with just one hockey team. Uh, so, you know, I was good with that. And then it just, it just has grown. And so it's, but it's super exciting and, and I'm happy to, to be involved in, in all of it and, and him as well. Um, you know, just like I said, having that faith. And he said to me, listen, you know, this is a choice. This is a decision I, you know, I want to do, but I can't do it without you. And I just need to make sure that, you know, you have a commitment. And I'm like, I am all in. So, you know, take whatever comes. So uh, we've really been a good partner throughout our lives together. But um, and then get going into ownership, um, it's, it's just been a great experience. Well, you've mentioned the hockey side of your ownership group so many times here, and I also want to mention that you and Terry acquired the Buffalo Buttes of the National Women's Hockey League last December. That was groundbreaking in the sense that the Buttes became the first NWHL team to have a private owner. It also helped advance the collaboration between the NHL and the NWHL. So why was that acquisition so important to you personally, Kim? Well, there's two reasons, you know, just from a business reason, uh, the Buttes had already been playing in at our Harbor Center complex. And so it would just made a real natural um, transition for us to kind of take the expertise that we had from just everything from game entertainment to ticket sales to programming, those types of things to help the Buttes progress. And then I think, you know, and also as well as, you know, the Buttes have, you know, sometimes... As you know, you know, the NHL, you know, there's lots of rules. Sometimes there's lots of things that you can or can't do. And the Buttes was a great opportunity to really have fun with hockey and enjoy it and really try to um, bring other fans to the love of hockey. But um, personally, being a female and then having a women's team, if you look across any of the sports, moms are really the driving force. You know, whether we're taking our kids to their sporting events, um, to their practices, to whether, you know, we're the purchasers of, of gifts and, you know, jerseys and things like that. And really, from an organizational standpoint, moms play such a huge role. And so, and, and so for me, um, just allowing other females um, having uh, an engagement, having a connection, and, and having other girls kind of seen at any professional level the what you can do. Um, I just it was really gratified for me because I've been able to meet some of the girls on the team, and they're just amazing women. And most of them, as you know, you know, came from a college background, and the ability to play a sport at a high level, and then as well as the academics on some of the schools that they came from, it's not an easy path. So I'm super excited that we are giving um, women, we're giving professional athletes another outlet for them to continue their dreams and, and to kind of show the rest of the world and the women that, you know, these things are now the norm. It's not the exception.
Well, I'm sure it certainly was exciting for you then to see that U.S. women's hockey team at the Olympics winning the gold medal on your native turf in South Korea. Uh, what a moment and and certainly another moment to just boost women's hockey in the United States as well. Um, you talk about being a mom and you are a sports mom. Your children played sports. Your daughter, Jessica, a professional tennis player, very accomplished in her own way as well. Uh, what were some of the challenges you faced raising your children and getting them to the level of success that they wanted to achieve while also balancing yours and Terry's ginormous careers and your businesses that you were working together on? Oh, you know what? The big thing that I learned is that that you you just can't do it all. And there's certainly a lot of mistakes that, you know, I've made along the way as a mom. And there's just, you know, no, even if you see me or somebody else out there that looks like they have it all together, <laughs> certainly <laughs> that is not, that is not true. Um, so, you know, just the the image that you can be a mom and you can, you know, run a business and then you can have it all. Um, it's, it's just really relative because we all have struggles and we can't do everything. And certainly my kids suffered at certain things because of the business or even just my other two, because, you know, when you have such a high level um, athlete in your family, it takes a lot of time and effort and resources. So Certainly, but you do the best you can, and I think that's all our kids ever want from us is just to give them support and do the best we can as parents. And so I kind of like to think, you know, beyond some of the guilt that you feel as a mom when you raise your kids and the the different things that are pulling at you that um, at the end of the day, they just love you because, you know, you you did the best that, that you can and you thought of them and supported them. It's not easy, oh. I, I, will, I will tell you that. And, and I, I really do think that that having our daughter be in professional sports at an early age in some way helped us prepare for, for ownership and an understanding of players. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, how so specifically just knowing what they go through on a day-to-day basis and the time commitment and the, the strain on their bodies and their mental state, was that sort of all-encompassing, helping you understand what your athletes on the Bills, on the Sabres, on the Buttes, what they are all going through as well? Yes. For sure. And I like to think that when when we first purchased the Sabres, I remember I was just meeting kind of the organization and it was at an away game. And I went and I had dinner with the equipment guys and some of the strength and conditioning guys. I had lunch with them and they were looking at me like, you know, oh, my gosh, like nobody ever wants to have lunch with us. You know, usually (laughs) it's the GM, it's the coach. Right. And I was like, but I know from experience from our daughter, like if she's not healthy, if she's not, she doesn't have the the right equipment, like the travel, like all those things there, that that's really the foundation of her success. And so I said, you know, I want to learn how you guys do it. You know, you guys are kind of down there on the boots to the ground, like you know everything. <laughs> so um, they were very surprised. And I, I know, like I said, that was really from taking away from having your own daughter and knowing the physical, what they, what it takes physically and mentally equipment, travel, all those little kind of non-sexy things that athletes do have to go through um, on a day-to-day basis. Along those lines of what you were just talking about, is it true, I know you're very hands-on with your team, with your players, is it true that you are very engaged and communicate with them when necessary via text message, via phone calls? Is that accurate? <laughs> that is accurate. They probably they probably um, wish I wasn't so at, at times. Um, I, I do. I, I am. Um, well, I try to be. You know, not not everybody or every player, you know, wants ownership uh, to have that type of relationship or their text messaging. Um, but, you know, when we get these players, 
you know, they are first and foremost people. And I feel that there is a big importance that, you know, what our players do um, and how their life is going off the ice is just as important as their performance on the ice. And you can't separate the two. And I think that that's kind of something that maybe, you know, long time ago uh, was the norm. You know, guys came to play and, you know, they and then as soon as they were done on the field, on the ice, and, you know, they go home and the organization doesn't care what they're doing or, you know, it doesn't matter. But I just, I think from being a mom, from being a wife, from having an athlete um, at a young age, I think those are things that I thought um, were important uh, as owner. And I want to make sure that that was related and that was the kind of relationship that Terry and I had with our players. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, and I th- I think it's so genuine. And I know if I was playing on your team, I would appreciate those messages. I mean, it's not that you're you're texting them or asking them to to you know score more goals or score more touchdowns here. You're you're genuine with your intentions. I, you know, sometimes I do want to do that. Do you? Sometimes I do want to do that, but but I restrain myself. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Do you have any funny stories of of texting any of the players or communicating with them? Oh my goodness. Um, no. Or maybe they were surprised. Really, you know, girlfriends and why you know sometimes it's just girlfriends and wives and, you know, um, understanding. I mean, sometimes, you know, I think actually right now um, I was text when we just acquired Jeff Skinner and I sent a kind of a congratulation, welcome text. And so I texted his girlfriend who I thought was his girlfriend. And I was, and then like a week later, I'm like, you know what? I never really, I didn't hear back from, from her. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And I'm like, well, you know, I think she was an actress or something. I was like, yeah, that's probably what it is. And then so when I finally met Jeff in person um, a couple of months later, and I was like, oh, is your girlfriend moving? I never heard back. And he's like, oh, no, we're not together anymore. Oh, so I was no. Like, okay, that's probably why she didn't text me back. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. So, oh, my you know, gosh. You never know. Yeah. You're yeah. right. So, right. Oh, my um, goodness. That's funny. Well, I'm sure he, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a big acquisition. Jeff Skinner's a great acquisition <laughs> for right. you guys. That's I'm, right. yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see see how he does. I want to go back to something that you said early on in the podcast. You you referenced being involved in sports is incredibly stressful, and anybody who's in this industry, no matter what you're doing in sports, it's stressful. Not only the time commitment, but the time away from your family, in addition to the responsibilities of the job. So, how do you manage the stress that you have in balancing all of these titles and your role as a mom, your role as a wife? Uh, what are some of the ways that you try to really bring your balance back to norm? You know, sometimes, especially here in Buffalo, I'm, I'm fortunate. I live um, in in uh, Florida, um, in, in Boca Raton. And so for me, I like with my new title as president, kind of changed kind of how I organize my day. And I've spent what I've done is kind of really spent like week chunks of weeks at a time here in Buffalo. But then I leave for a week or two uh, to Florida. And I think this year has really worked out for me because especially here in, in Buffalo, when you are so ingrained in this community with all the sports teams that are all within this close vicinity, um, getting away to Florida and um, really helps me for, for myself kind of just regroup and refocus um, and kind of have that time uh, to catch up on things and, we have an office. Uh, we have a family office in Florida. We've got employees in Florida, but it's very much low key. Like I am, you know, I'm in shorts and jeans and t-shirts, you know, into the office in Florida. When I'm up here in Buffalo, you know, there's a lot of events, whether it's meetings, dinners, sponsors, and so I'm always, you know, having to get dressed. And so I, I try to kind of balance my time when I, I cram in a lot of things 
in here in Buffalo to make sure that I'm, I'm touching on, on all the key people and um, the key organizations. But then when I go back to Florida, I really try to kind of just take a step back and, um, and just kind of more of a refocus and then, you know, then do it again. But it certainly is, it's a daily struggle, but there's so many things that I find so positive about what I do and so many great experiences and memories that I have that when things kind of get stressful, that's what I look back on because there's so many more positives than there have been negatives. I would imagine when you're walking around the streets in Buffalo as well, you're hearing it from everybody. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows who Terry is. You own both the teams in the city. What are the sports fans like in upstate New York? Give me an idea of what it's like up there. Oh, wow. It, it is crazy. So we have, you know, just in, in terms of hockey, we had a, our call it a prospects challenge. So where a lot of our prospects are playing that we played New Jersey, Boston, Pittsburgh came in for this like, you know, three, four days of tournaments. And it was a sold-out event. I mean, we're talking about, you know, players that are in our system that are going to be playing in, you know, in Canada or, or overseas, some people that, you know, our players, our, our fan base hasn't seen. And it was just a sold-out event, you know, quickly sold out. Um, and it was like a Monday afternoon, you know. So it, it's crazy. And, of course, you know, and with football, um, tailgating is really uh, what uh, our fans are known for. So we have such a great atmosphere uh, at New Era Field. And because this community here, like the memories that you have with sports, the association, whether where you're at that game, you know, when it was the snow game, where you're at this, you know, hockey game, you know, this was happening or that, those are just great memories that you, you can never, you know, recreate. And our fans, just win or lose, they just love that. Those are things that they'll never forget. It's just, it's crazy. It really is. <laughs> Did you see, so last year when we made the playoffs, I don't know if you saw this one video that we had on social and where the plane was coming in and there was like, you know, 3,000 people at the airport when the team came in. But it, this is, but this is like New Year's Eve, you know, at like, and it was like minus four. At, <laughs> it doesn't you know, matter at to them. <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, it, it doesn't. That's that's what I'm saying. And this was just just because the fans just so much appreciated that of making the playoffs and that they would give up their New Year's Eve and stand out in freezing weather just to welcome the team back. It was great. What, what day? What was that like for you and Terry? I mean, the final day of the season, you guys clinch a playoff spot. The Buffalo Bills, it's like unheard of. It had been how long since, oh, you know, there was a playoff that, yeah. team. Uh, what was that like for you guys? You know, it was awesome. But I, I would say that, you know, fortunately, we – we played Miami, and that was in the, the game that we were at. And we have a house. You know, we live in Florida. And so we did not fly back with the team, which is what the, my one regret. I wish I had just said, screw it. I'm, you know, I'm just going to jump on the plane anyways and fly back to Buffalo with the team because I, I missed all that. The story I just told you about the fans, I missed all that. Um, and, you know, but we, Terry and I went back to our house, and we were celebrating back at their house. And because we had only – I think on the team, maybe four years, three and a half years. And we lived here in Buffalo, but we kind of left right the beginning of that drought um, of the 17 years. So we had been really kind of away from living here in Buffalo. And when I saw the the one video I was talking about um, more so, we had kind of fans had sent in videos of themselves when they heard that we were in the playoffs. Uh, and when I, when I watch it now, it still brings, 
tears in my eyes, um, the <laughs> sheer joy and happiness and what it meant to the fans. I think that's when I saw that the next morning, that's when it really hit me how important that this sports team is to this community. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can you imagine if we actually win a Super Bowl? Like, what it would be like. So it was just, um, <laughs> like I said, it just brings chills to my mind just thinking about, you know, a Stanley Cup, a championship to this community, what it's going to be like. Because I just saw it in the playoffs, and I just cannot fathom and, and imagine it. You can, yeah, you can taste it now, that's for sure. You guys, uh, you have that excitement and um you know, it's a fun city. It's fun to watch you guys when you guys are having success. Um, the Bills, you guys hired the first female assistant coach in the NFL in 2016. You hired Catherine Smith to serve as a special teams quality yep. control coach. Yeah. How involved were you in that process of hiring Catherine? You know what? I, not just not a whole lot. You know, obviously, when our coaching staff, I mean, just kind of the norm that, you know, you allow your coaching staff to hire his his uh, coaches. But when Rex brought it up, and I will tell you, like Catherine, you know, she, like her desk was out kind of in the hallway. And so I would pass her all the time. So she was part of, of the hockey uh, organization, I'm sorry, football organization. Mm-hmm. And I do that often. I, I keep switching back and forth. between. <laughs> we can understand why. <laughs> but, you know, and when, when Rex brought that up, he said, hey, listen, I want to put Catherine in this role. And he just said what she would be doing and the reasons why that he wanted her in that role. And Catherine had been with Rex for for many years and came over with the Jets. You know, we were like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, I did not fathom and I did not think, and, I, and maybe just because I'd always, you know, Terry had always given me a lot of opportunities. I just did not fathom the, what that meant to the rest of this you know, to the community and, and, and to the nation as a whole. And my phone started blowing up on, and I'm like, what's going on? And so many of my friends and so many people that we knew just like, oh, my goodness, that this is awesome. You know, what you guys have done really made a statement. So such positive energy. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry to say that I, I really did not truly expect it because to me, Catherine always belonged, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like you know, we had just taken her out just because she was a female and gave her this role to make a big splash. She had been part of the, the football organization, part of the staff, and I saw her viewed her like that on a regular basis. So to me, it was just the next step or the next evolution um, in the coaching staff. But was was super um, happy for, for her and for what it represented. It, it represented tremendous growth, not only in the NFL, uh, but NBA. We are seeing so many female coaches take the reins and get behind these teams. It's it's really remarkable what you guys did up there with, with the Bills. But also, I know that you are a big proponent, you personally, in you get the job because of the work that you do and the effort you put in, not because you're male, because you're female. And that's exactly what you just said. And that's why Rex uh, wanted Catherine on his staff as well. So uh, I know that's very important mm-hmm. to you. You sit on a number of boards um, throughout many different organizations. What is it like uh, in those meetings? And do other females in these board meetings stick together? I do think so. I, I think there's always, you know, you kind of gravitate, gravitate towards um you know, a connection of some kind. And I certainly think that uh, females do that, as, you know, as well. And so that when you see other females on boards or in, in new situations, you just always seem to have, you know, some type of connection that you they feel more approachable. Um, I do that. And, and I really learned that um, 
as great as, as that is in making those connections and communicating and, and having relationships with other women that I sometimes like forget about the men. <laughs> and so I, like, I have to also tell myself, hey, listen, you know, having good relationships, positive relationships with the men in the room is just as important um, as the female. So that's something new that I've learned in this, in this kind of whole movement. Um, but I will certainly say that seeing other women in similar roles and similar um, positions really does give you a boost of confidence um, and a, a connection that you just, you know, that I don't think was there just even a few years ago. Kim, I know we have a uh, limited time with you. And before I let you go, I want to have a little fun with you. Go off the cuff a little bit. Get up close and personal. A okay. uh, couple good. rapid okay. fire questions here. First off, what's your guilty pleasure? Sugar. Sugar, 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 and any form, <laughs> any form. Okay, that's that's a good one. I mean, I think a lot of people have sugar as a guilty pleasure. Uh, what's the one item besides your cell phone that you cannot leave home without? Cannot leave home, uh, home without my cell phone, probably my iPad then. <laughs> <laughs> so along the same parameters as what the, uh, <laughs> the, the iPhone there. Yeah. What is the top item on your bucket list right now? On my bucket list, I would love to travel more. Um, now, I, I know, I mean, I would assume that everyone would assume that it's the obvious, right? I mean, be, besides winning a championship, this is like the second layer, correct? Of yes, what's on my bucket yes. List? There you okay. go. All right. that, I, <laughs> we, we all know I, you want to win I the championship. That, that already assumed, yes. <laughs> yes. I that, uh, that it, um, already assumed. No, I, you know what? I, I love to travel. I don't get to do it a lot. And so I don't have a specific place um, that I would love to, you know, from a bucket list, um, would love to do. I just would love to travel more. And just like go somewhere, but because that is very limited. Yeah, I was going to say any place in particular. No, just some place I haven't been before, which is a lot of places. (laughs) All right. And uh, what book are you reading right now, or what's a what's one book that you've read that really resonated with you? I read a book called the I think it was called the Culture Code, Mm -hmm. and it was just this great book about about culture, organizational culture, and the importance of it. Um, in an organization, and it was just, it's, it's amazing because it's very scientific. So as much as we talk about culture um, more like kind of as a theory, you know, feel-good mm-hmm. thing, the science behind it of, of why it works. Um, so it's been really interesting for me because, you know, um, as president or as owners, I mean, that's something I'm trying to learn every day on how to lead, how to create the right culture, the right organization, all those intangible things that, you know, I can't predict what happens on the ice or on the field from, from a score, but I just want to be so ready for when the winning happens. Um, so I, that's a, just a, my most recent book. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kim. You've been such a joy to talk to. We wish you the best of success this year with that's all cool. of your teams, and, uh, and we will see you down the road at some point. But thanks so much for taking the time to join us. You're really an inspiration to all of us in the sports industry. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you to Kim Pagula, the owner of the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres, president and CEO of Pagula Sports and Entertainment. You can download the On Her Turf podcast at the Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Let us know what you think. We want to hear from you, so be sure to chime in and also follow us on Instagram at On Her Turf. Have a great rest of your day and be sure to join us next time for the On Her Turf podcast.